I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Kate. This is Mike. And... I think you should share what you just said to me. (laughs) I was listening to this video that I posted on Instagram. We're trying a new thing with our podcast where there's like a little audio clip with a video and we we can post it on Instagram to share the episode to entice you to listen to the whole thing. And I was just trying to listen to it because Mike said there was like a buzzing noise or something. So I wanted to hear what it was. But then like my voice kept looping and I was like, oh my God, stop talking. I, and I asked Mike, I said, do you ever find it really annoying to hear your own voice? And he goes, sometimes. And I said, I find it really annoying. Now I know how you must feel. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So I'll just, what should I do with that information? You should say nothing. Okay, great. Laughing is completely appropriate. Okay, That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, but it is that thing, right? Because we hear ourselves very different inside our heads than when we hear ourselves in a recording. So it's very normal to find yourself, <laughs> the sound of your own voice very irritating when it's outside your head. I don't have as much the thing where I can't watch myself on video. You know, some people find it like really horrifying to see themselves on video. I used to have that more, but I think I've just had some practice. So I can watch videos of myself if I need to, you know, check something or review it or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not horrified, but I used to be. So just know if you are horrified by the sound of your own voice or videos, it doesn't mean to stop recording things and stop making videos. It just means they're for other people's consumption, not your own, basically. I like that. That's good. Yeah. It is true. Um, How are you, hon? I'm doing pretty good. What Kate was talking about... <laughs> I noticed that there's a buzzing sound in the microphone and I'm not sure what is going on with that. So I'm trying to, uh, we're, we're going to, I'm gonna actually going to find like an audio expert here in our now local they're gonna area. They're going to be like listening for this buzzing the whole episode. They're going to be distracted by it. Well, just tune it out, I guess. Maybe they won't hear it. Maybe only I hear it. I don't know. So we're, yeah. So we're just trying to, that's what we were talking about that led to Kate listening to her voice. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Just trying to figure that out. So, which goes into today's topic, actually, which we'll talk about here shortly. You know, finding good people to help with. But overall, I'm doing pretty good, I would say. Good. Yeah. Ruby's here with us. So, you listening, you might hear little baby sounds. We're trying to bounce her to sleep. So, hopefully, she'll pass out here pretty soon because she's been up for a while. She slept like a champ for over eight hours in a row last night so that's awesome she's nine nine and a half weeks old i think so pretty cool we've got a sleeper folks yeah at least so far i have no guilt around that because we earned it (laughs) (laughs) i just shouted from the rooftops i've got a sleeper i've got an easy baby penelope was the first person up in the house today so Kate and I went out last night with Joe and Lisa to watch Million Dollar Quartet and we had dinner and we had Amelia who helps us with the kids stayed and we got to have a date night. I know Ruby, it's big, right? And uh, Pen- all I hear was Penelope shutting her bedroom door this morning and she stands at the top of the stairs and goes, Dada. And I was like, I'm still in bed, Penelope. I'm still in bed. So that might've been. The and didn't f- she say, what did she say? 
she basically came in and was like, I have to pee. But didn't she say get up? No, no, oh, that wasn't today. I thought you told that was another... I thought she said get up. <laughs> no, she broke her glasses, those goofy glasses that with the eye things. She broke those. She wanted That's me to fine. fix them in the dark. Those I was should, like, I those should go them. in the recycling. Anyway. Yep, they're gonna. Mm-hmm. They'll be passed along to Goodwill, and somebody yes. else can enjoy them. Well, so today we are talking about hiring your rock star team for your business, and this episode is particularly for people who have been in business maybe a year or two and have gotten some traction, but know that they're limiting themselves because they're a one person show. If that doesn't apply to you, I'm sure you'll find some nuggets. And I have to say my favorite reviews that we get are the ones from people who are like, I'm not an entrepreneur and nothing you talk about actually applies to my actual life, but I love listening to your show and I get nuggets from it all the time. That is my favorite review because I just like, it cracks me up so much. Anyway, another show. Because this is so not you. What's so not me? Like listening to something just, right? You don't really just listen. I'm not much of a content absorber. I'm a massive reader. I love to read. I listen to a podcast maybe once every couple of weeks and I almost never watch videos but I'll watch like a show at night with Mike right. for 20 minutes I'm not yeah I'm not much of a content consumer no. you know other than books 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 and writing and Instagram and Facebook yeah yeah of course those items yeah but, but if it but if there's a video or a, on Instagram or Facebook I skip it I don't ever watch it I don't know what that is about me anyway I don't know. Neither here nor there. But you use your time more wisely than the rest of us. No, I do as much (laughs) scrolling as the next person, I think. But I just I don't like videos. I don't know why. Kate is like if we're watching a show, she's like one episode and then Okay, it's time to turn it off. I'm very boundaried about my television consumption. Unlike I'm not a binge watcher. I'm just like one at a time. It's time to go to bed. We do have more reviews. Next time I'll come more prepared because I don't want to read the reviews because we can't see the titles on the phone. So I don't want to... You guys are spending time leaving us reviews. So I will make sure to be be more prepared next time because I forgot. I would like to give a shout out to my dear friend Ellen because I know Ellen always listens in. She might not listen to this episode. I don't know. And I would also like to give a shout out to Jill from YDC because I know, Jill, you're a listener and I loved talking to you about the Unpacking White Feminism episode at the nursery school (laughs) graduation. So that was fun when worlds collide when you're like being a mom, but also talking about your podcast. So thanks for listening, Jill. I love seeing you at Pick Up and Drop Off. Okay. So now on to our episode, hiring your rock star business team. So there will come a point as you grow your business for many people where they realize it is time to get some help. So we reached that point. Both of us reached that point before we met each other. So we can each share about our own experience. But this can also apply to your personal life as well. For sure. So we're going to talk business and hiring, but this same, because we'll talk about like, helping out in our home you know because we're looking for a builder for the basement to finish etc we've talked about this before and we just hired a new accountant yeah we just hired a new accountant so this applies to everyone that you're bringing it could apply to hiring a nanny this could apply to hiring a babysitter yeah finding a daycare yeah finding a daycare anything that you're vetting yes you know so finding a spouse a partner i don't know it could yep 
I think it could. It could. We could do a whole other episode on that. But I think you and I have only done it once so oh, far. So we, I feel like we're not the experts. Are we finding spouse relationships? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm really hoping it was one and done for me. So I don't think we should yeah. do an episode because it's not like I'm not well versed in finding Unlike a spouse. Jerry Lee Lewis, who said that last night in the play, he's like, I've had two wives by the time I was 21. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Amazing. So first of all, what I did when I was my own one woman show i was posting all my own blogs doing all my own social media doing my own graphics writing all the content setting up aweber by myself setting up paypal buttons by myself like doing far more than i had any business doing but i was doing everything at the beginning i realized i was going to need help eventually but i didn't have the money to hire somebody this is a very common catch-22 you know in order to grow you need more help because your time is getting all taken up by doing the minutia tasks that are like not your million dollar tasks, you know, but you don't have the money to hire somebody because you're spending all of your time doing like admin stuff and stuff that doesn't bring in revenue. So it's like this cyclical, you know, cash 22 that keeps you stuck. So I was in that place. I was probably in my mid twenties living in New York, running my business solo. And what I did is rather than bemoan the fact that I didn't have the money to hire anybody because I was actually in debt. Not only did I not have surplus, I was in debt. I opened up a file in my Evernote and I started taking a list down of assistant tasks. So every time I was doing something that I thought, could I teach somebody else to do this? Is this task annoying me currently? So it's basically like, do I love doing what I'm doing right now? If the answer is no, then somebody else should be doing it eventually. And am I good at what I'm doing right now? If the answer is no, then somebody else should be doing it eventually. And could I teach somebody else to do this thing? If the answer is yes, and you don't love it, then somebody else should be doing it eventually. So I just started keeping a list of all those things because I figured, well, that way, at least by the time I am ready to hire somebody, I'll have a list of things that they could be doing. So that was how I did that. I have gotten the question several times, I don't even know what I could hire somebody to do. So we can run down the list of everything in our life and business that somebody else does. And you'll be like, wow, you guys didn't do anything. (laughs) Um, But that's been over time, right? Like in 2010, I did everything by myself. And now, you know, now it's eight years later, we've evolved and it takes as long as it takes. It takes a little time. Some people probably moved quite faster than we did. But that's one tip was just like, If you don't feel you have the money to hire somebody yet, just take down all, start a list of all the things they could be doing. And I do believe that energetically that will actually speed up the process of helping you grow to the point that you can hire somebody because you're already ready for it, right? There's this whole energetic component around act as if, like create the space, right? If you want to attract a partner, it's a good idea to have two nightstands and two matching lamps and two sides of your bed. That's a feng shui thing. And clear out a drawer in your dresser so that your partner would actually have a space to put his or her things. So that's the same thing in your business. Create the list, create the job description, and then you are opening up that space for the person to come into your life. That's great. That's way more streamlined and organized than I've ever been. Which is shocking because Mike's usually... 
the streamlined organized one. Yeah, but you're... aren't you? So see, so you always give me crap for not being organized, and I always tell you, you know, I actually before I met you was like a highly functional human being, and just because my organizational brain has completely atrophied since we've gotten married, does not mean it did not exist in the past. No, I know it's existed. <laughs> okay, so this. But is you're a great really example. good. No, but you are good at making you're good at writing these things out see a lot of your organization comes in the form of writing and lists i'm a big list maker yeah so (laughs) so but i am good at the visual stuff you know from the let's say the kitchen cabinets that are now if you've watched my instagram stories lately at mike j watts you'll see that we just reorganized the drawers are a work of art i said we I just reorganized the kitchen drawers. I've been in this massive reorganization. So we like moved in and you throw everything every place. And then now it's about systematizing it so it could be like that way for 10 years. And then we never have to touch it and it's really easy. Everything um, has a place. Yeah. And everything's in And then you place. don't collect more junk. You know, that's the biggest thing is as we're going through the drawers, I'm realizing like we got stuff in here that we don't need. So it's just, it's, it's, and then you put it in a place and you're like, okay, well nothing else can go in that place because this is where the measuring cups go. Yeah, it's pretty For nuts. example, somebody did. And then comment. he's going to get out the label maker so that oh, oh, yeah. it's very clear. Yep. Wait till the label maker comes out. This is for pens, people. This is for the pens, and this is for the pencils. I noticed we only have a pen and a pencil one. We don't have a marker one, so we might need to reorganize. Well, no, everything is adjustable, okay. so we can move things around. That might be the one change out of ten drawers that I have, which is fine. It's going to be about I'm... office supplies. No, and I told you this the other day. I love office supplies. I said. <laughs> It's true. I mean, we have the the amount of markers that is in our that's in your art cabinet is it's kind of insane. Like I think we could. There are a lot of projects in my future. That's correct. We have two daughters. There's going to be crafting. Lots of crafting. Somebody did write in on my Instagram story after I had the whole like taking care of two kids when you went out one night and had the whole like two hours of crying and the whole thing. They said, and then the organization went down with the cabinets. They wrote and they said, I think you should go off paternity leave now. (laughs) I think it's driving you a little insane. I was like, I second that. That's great. I was like, the, I think you're done with paternity leave now. It's time to tap out. Best comment That's I've ever really, received. Really I think that was amazing. Um, Although I just, I want to just share also, Mike has successfully bounced Ruby to sleep. So rock star dad over here, baby's out. Yeah. Good Ruby, job, honey. maybe could have done that two days ago when I was home alone with you. Um, she was just proving a point. I know. She's, yeah. So anyway, the, what were we talking about? The I want to know what was yeah, the, the process for you? No, I do it more. I hold on to it. And then it it's basically what, this kind of goes back to taking, you know, have being on paternity leave and realizing like I actually need more time and more space to, to just chill. Like even though this is, might seem like it's driving me crazy because what I used to do with all my organizational stuff or when I needed help I would be annoyed by doing something and then it would build up and build up and build up and I would be annoyed and then I would be a grumpy towards everyone else. Primarily um, me. This is bo- could be before you as okay. well. Okay. <laughs> but towards our like team or towards Kate or I would show up in or towards like friends and Cheryl Richardson says it's because I'm an eight of the Enneagram. So I do these things and not even realize I'm doing these things. But I do realize that now, I mean, the slogan, I forget her name. What did she, in our B-School group, remember? I can't remember. I have it written down. 
So for the, if you're listening, I will look it up. But I just got the shirts printed. They're on their way to our house. They're, I got samples to see what they look like. But it says sincere yet slightly irritated, and which is like so amazing. And I know I'm learning so many other people that are this way. Like they're really genuine people, but they can come off like they're just irritated, right? And so what I would do is I would emotionally and physically like hold this in my body, right? And then I would, if I, I would just plow through it. I got to get this done. I got to get these graphics done, or I got to put this entreport funnel together and I got to launch it to the world and we got to get it out in the world and it's got to go. And this is the way it's got to be. And I'm going to do it. And so I would hold on to it. And then eventually things would start to break down. I remember doing this with our entreport funnels and putting emailing our emails out. We had mistakes that would, I think it went on for about three months. We'd have minor mistakes that would take place. And then Kate was like, you can no longer ever send an email. And then we ended up, we'd be in a rush and then I did say I that sent I it out. Yeah, remember? And then I sent another one out and it was good and mistakes. And then you were reviewing it and I was reviewing it. And we weren't catching it or I wouldn't send it for review. And then same thing when I was sending newsletters out a while ago, like there was a lot of grammatical errors and now there's an editor, right? And it goes back to that piece, you know, I'm in your chapter right now of your new book about help, the epic chapter of help. So I'm reading, just reading that, but that's basically what I would do. Like you were really systematized about like, oh, this is what I need help with. Do, 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 do. But in my life, it was not that is I would just hold it in and then things would start to fall apart. And then it would be, it would honestly be too late for me to get help. Well, and that's why I talk about in that chapter of the book that I really recommend if you're going to get help, which you should be doing all the time, it needs to be early, often, and kindly Mm -hmm. because you'll be much more likely to receive great help if you catch it early, if you make a habit of asking for help regularly. So it's not like, oh my God, I've failed and life is falling apart. Now I need help. Like that's too late. And it prevents you from doing it kindly because if you needed help five days ago, or five years ago, you're going to be pissed. Right. <laughs> and you won't be able to ask for it nicely. And then people around you will be like, why are you so cranky? And I think that it, it this goes back to how you were raised versus how I was raised. Now, my mother definitely has shared that she had an issue around asking for help because she thought that having a need was a sign of weakness. And so I know that that's true, but she didn't have as much trouble asking for help with logistics. She had more trouble asking for help, emotionally speaking. Oh, for sure. With like needs around motherhood and relationship. But as far as like asking for help for somebody to mow the lawn or cook dinner, she didn't so much have an issue with that. So growing up, both of my parents were doctors. They were on call. They were not home a lot. The only right way they would have been able to raise kids is by having help. So I grew up with my parents not doing everything around the house and in our lives. So that was normal to me. And I also grew up watching not only my mom, but also my aunts and uncles all run businesses. So again, asking for help and hiring people and getting more than one person on the team was not foreign to me. It was obvious to me. It wasn't like related to my self-worth. I didn't think my value had anything to do with hiring somebody to help me. Whereas I feel like for you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you come much more from a do-everything-yourself household, which, again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just different ways of approaching it. There's been a little bit more of, you know, getting help is wrapped up a little bit more in your self-worth of, like, I should be able to do everything myself, and since I can't, I'm a failure, so therefore I'm not going to ask for help even though I really need it. Correct. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't, you listening know, it, in here, which one are you? Or I'm, obviously there's a spectrum, you know, it's not just one or the other, but just think about what were the models that you had growing up around help? For sure. And kind of how that affects what's going on currently, like present day, you know, in your, in your life that's currently happening now. I mean, it's, and that's been big, you know, for, for me in the last two to three months, really in the last few years, you know, since we started our business, it had, and we'll dive more into when we are looking at hiring people, et cetera, or when it's time to let people go when you know that is. And yeah, it's just the help piece is so important. And that's, you've always been really good at getting that right. And so when you need help and so one of the, we've been working with this, we've talked about David before the therapist that we worked with, he helped us identify our triggers of what triggering us. What would happen is Kate would ask for help. And then I would take like the whole thing on and need to like say, I got to fix it all now. Right. It's got to, how do I take care of this? And now, and so if something happens at this moment where I have to go and fix it right now and stop what I'm doing, that's not really what you were, you know, that wouldn't be what you're asking for, but it triggers me in a way that sets it off and increases it, increases like the anxiety or the stress around what you're asking for help around. So it's like almost when someone asks for help, it creates more stress in my system. Right. Cause you've associated your worth as a man with your ability to fix everything. Correct. Right. Until now. Until now. Yeah. Um, Which is currently what like life changing experience is going through at this moment. So let's just make a list of the things that we have help with in our life um, that we have hired out or just asked for help with just so that people can, we're not going to give an exhaustive list. It's not every single thing, but just so that you can start wrapping your mind around what's possible because there are things you can get help with that you might not even know somebody is available to do that so it's just helpful to be like oh wow really for example i know of a very wealthy family where they had somebody come in literally just to polish the silver wow so you know not that that's anything i'm aspiring to do i don't even think we have any silver that needs to be polished but I think we have two pieces okay. your dad gave it to penelope Okay, well, but I'm not going to be polishing silver anytime. I don't soon. even know how to. It's not. I don't even know what to anyway, do. Anyway, but I'm just saying, do, it's like, such a waspy thing. I don't know. <laughs> all my, I got all my polished silver in the. I yeah. am really a big believer that like silverware should be able to be put in the dishwasher. Yeah. So I'm not like, or I just, yeah. Anyway, I'm more practical than mm-hmm. that. But it's, I just that's something that you can do. We have hired help with organizing, even though Mike is one of the most organized people on the planet. It's been really helpful. We've hired Donna from Organize Me. If you live in Maine, I really recommend Donna to come over and help us organize kitchen cabinets or my closet or just like having somebody else there has been extremely helpful. And the joy of opening an organized cabinet or drawer or closet and actually having your space work is so profound and energetically from a feng shui standpoint it's really a prosperous way to live and everyone can get rid of their clutter no matter what stage of life or business they're in and you can attract more prosperity definitely through getting rid of what no no longer works for you so we've hired an organizer Obviously, we have help with childcare, so we have daycare, and we have a nanny who comes two days a week, so we sort of cobble that together. And sometimes we ask my mom for help with childcare. Yesterday, I went to Pilates, and Hope, my Pilates teacher, held Ruby while I did my workout, so I was asking for help then. 
while simultaneously Mike had a doctor's appointment. So we asked our friend Carrie Montgomery to watch Penelope. So we had like all kinds of help going on yesterday. And I think Carrie, you know, it seemed really joyful for her. She always loves hanging out with P. Mm -hmm. So that like is the gift for both of us. We have help with uh, mowing our lawn and cleaning our house. And we right now we're getting sun basket meals delivered. So the ingredients come and with the recipe and then you just make it. It's like 20 or 30 minutes. So we get help with that because meal prep is not either of our no. strong suit. My long term um, dream is just to have somebody cook for us all the time. Yes. Right now we have found that it's, it's, it's more money than we want to spend. Yes. But maybe someday we'll get there. And in our business, we have help with graphic design. Thank you, Joe. We have help with customer care. Thank you, Lisa and Mary. Alicia runs the whole freaking show. So she just helps us keep everything going. She's like the captain of the ship. We have help from Haley with all of the logistics and social media and behind the scenes stuff. We have help from Jeff with Facebook ads and analytics. We have help with, from Akila with Entreport. We have help from Matt with editing and getting the podcast going. We have help from Julia making sure that everything is edited and we don't have typos and I don't sound ridiculous. And who am I missing? We have help from Brandy with web development. Accountants. We have a bookkeeper that helps us with our personal while well, we're switching over to because one thing I've always we so bookkeepers were taking care of our business stuff but every bookkeeper we've ever had I've always wanted them to help us with our personal as well and everybody's like just use mint.com or use quicken or use something that's personal and I was like no you're like I don't want to this do it. <laughs> finally Sarah I just told her I was like no we're not doing that I was like I want you to treat our personal expenses like a business and just call it like Watts household. And so I set up a new QuickBooks account and I linked in all of our personal things. So now our bookkeeper can also help us with those as well. Nice. And that way it's much, it's much more streamlined than what I was doing for our personal stuff. And that way somebody will stay on top of it. So That's the bookkeeping great. also with our, when we hired our nanny, one of the things was to also do household items. Because sometimes nannies... You are bouncing, Ruby. Like, this is the fastest bouncing nap she's ever had. All right. Well, this slow down. like a wild ride nap. Well, you know. It's fine. She seems totally fine. It's, I just, went to it's the... such a dad thing to be like... It's like the bionic bouncing versus like a mom. It's like So gently. gentle. Well, we went to the... Ruby's... Bradley and I went to the CrossFit regionals and my muscles and my legs just got massive after happened. watching yeah, them work Ruby's out. Ruby's just going yeah. for a wild ride on her nap. Yeah. We uh, also have help with... Um... But hold on. Oh, sorry. So back to the nanny, one of the oh, yeah. biggest things that we wanted was someone that would help us do other things around the home because there's... Sometimes there's people... We call it a household manager, right? And sometimes with care providers, they only want to watch the kid and they won't even clean like one dish or do anything. We've heard these stories and that was not going to work for us because we wanted somebody else. So she does meal prep and we'll go grocery shopping and does our laundry and stuff like that. Yeah, and helps tidy up if there's extra time. Oh, I'm sorry. See, I stopped bouncing so fast sorry. and she just woke up. Don't listen to me. I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. So we've also had help from a company called All Gravy that helps us with our accounts receivable. So mm -hmm. when credit card payments get yeah. So uh, for anybody that has a business where it? the credit cards expire or they don't go through, so it's like uncharged items. So for Origin or the Money Love Course, there's a the multiple payment option, and then there's an ongoing monthly thing. One of the biggest things is missed revenue, right? 
because credit cards are expiring or fraud happens all the time. Like right this week we had fraud on my card for RussianBrides.com. And so I was, you know, looking for a new bride on RussianBride.com. But it was fraud that somebody hacked into our credit card. So it's like things like that. So that expires and then there's a missed payment. So all gravy, what they do is they just help us recoup those. And it's like, it's an arm of our customer service department, but exactly. they're only focused on collecting like it's missed payments. Collections agencies or, yeah. sort of, right? They're things so just amazing. Happen, right? We get help. Obviously we talked about our marriage counselor from David. We get help with our marriage from time to time. What else? I mean, there's, I'm sure there are other things. Oh, I asked our neighbor to help us, our neighbor, Samantha, to help us with designing Penelope's room. Because when I go on the internet and I start looking for decor, I'm like, oh my God, suddenly the choices are infinite and I'm paralyzed and I spend hours and hours and hours and hours. So here's a great example. I can spend an hour and write a blog post or we can record a podcast or I could write a chapter of a book probably not in an hour, but like maybe in two hours. And those are really high leverage activities for me, or I could teach a webinar, right? Like I've taught a webinar and we could probably trace, you know, $10,000 or $20,000 of revenue back to that webinar. Maybe even more, I don't know. But if I go on the internet and start to look for a toy box, (laughs) suddenly it's five hours later, I have 15 tabs open, I have a headache, I'm completely lost, and I'm more overwhelmed than when I started. So those five hours are now gone. Like, I can't get those back, I've fried my brain cells, and there's nothing productive happening there. Versus I'm able to pay somebody, you know, a reasonable amount to go do the sifting and sorting and come back with like six choices. It's like a prefix menu. So like six choices of decor. So I'm not trying to choose from the entire internet so that I can spend my time doing the things that only I can do, which is connecting with our customers, connecting with our potential customers and creating content. Those are literally the only two things that I have realized I should be doing business-wise. Content and connecting with people. That's it. And I did, I figured this out through doing an exercise of the 80-20 analysis, which is Pareto's principle that says that 80% of your results will come from 20% of your activities. So I looked at our biggest wins in business. So whether it was a big launch or my book, you know, a book deal or speaking gigs or big connections that led to other things, I realized all of the biggest things that I have been responsible for in our business have come from creating content and connecting with people. And I realized, okay, if I'm doing anything other than those two activities, I am wasting the company's money and I have no business doing that. And so for you, I would really recommend writing down the results, the big results that you want in your business, whether it's getting clients, booking a speaking gig. I don't know what your results are that you're after, but the things that basically lead to revenue would be the things that would be your results. And then write down all the tasks that you do, all the activities that you do, and draw a line between the tasks that you do that you could actually trace back to the big result having come from that activity. And then you'll know what your 20% of activities are that lead to 80% of the results. And over time, you need to be taking the rest of the activities off your plate, either not doing them at all or having somebody else do them. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah. I mean, a great example to, I always think about outside of my scope of, 
field, like, you know, we're not our business, but I start thinking about other businesses when it comes to this. And that's always been helpful. So if I take an example, like a doctor, right? You hear about like Dr. Oz still performing surgeries. Like guy is, has a TV show. He has like traveling the world, a magazine, like he's doing a lot of things. Right. But he still does surgeries one day a week. And it's like, how do you do all of this? And so somebody explained it to me one day where it's like his, I don't know Dr. Oz's exact deal, but like, I'll just kind of sum up what somebody told me. Let's just say his expertise is in this one thing, right? And I don't know what that one thing is. He's a heart surgeon, right? He's a heart surgeon. So it's something. It's heart surgery. Like heart surgery. And also being charming on television. Yeah. So he's dealing, let's say it's one piece of the heart or just the heart itself. And so what happens is like the nurses prep the patient, right? The anesthesiologist puts the patient under, they get the patient ready to go, cut open, they get everything ready, set for... So when Dr. Oz walks in, the only thing he's doing, and I don't know if this is the real deal, but this is this is a hypothetical scenario that Mike is creating. But basically, he walks in and the only thing he does is like, let's say he has to cut a valve and restitch it. And that's his only responsibility in there. It's not about stitching the patient back up. It's not about all the other things that go along with it, right? It's not about cleaning the blood that happens like somebody else is doing all of that. So his main responsibility is the most important at that moment. It's about like that patient lives or dies based off how his cut and stitch goes. So it's the same thing that Kate is sharing here regarding her role inside of the organization. It's like, what is my main role and how do I produce like what is the most profitable thing that she is doing? Right. And so it's get, And that's exactly when you're hiring a team of more people than let's say what we have now, every piece of content that's created, it might touch 11 people. Right. So think about, so instead of us thinking about, Oh, well this, when it was just Kate and I, it's like, Oh, we're going to record this podcast and upload it and we'll send it out tomorrow. Like no big deal. And Kate will create the graphics and it's done. But now we're recording a podcast and it might have to go through 11 people before it's published because of how now not necessarily that all 11 people like I'm not going to see the edits of the posts I'm not going to read so I'm one of those 11 people like my responsibility is recording this podcast with Kate and uploading it to the Dropbox file and then pretty much I'm done can we talk about every step that happens because I think that would actually be helpful for people to think about systems in their business and what the steps actually are to get the desired result because that's when it comes to hiring people, what's going to be so key to make it or break it is creating either with them, having them create it, or having it done ahead of time, the steps that need to happen and the system. So we now have a really, you know, it's not 100% fail-proof, but like a really good set of systems and checks and balances so that what we produce as a company is really high caliber. Right. And so as an example with the podcast, so what happens? Yeah, there's, so this comes from, if you work in a company, it's called standard operating procedures, right? There's there's Six Sigma manufacturing. And there's also the Toyota production system. There's a great book by the name of, this gentleman by the name of Edward Deming, who was the one that created, that it's basically created nobody, the car industry here in the United States did not want to listen to what Edward Deming had to say and how to manufacture a car more efficiently. So he went to Toyota and they created this Toyota production system and worked with the Japanese, which created the system that allowed Toyota to explode and is overtaking. And I just read some like Chrysler and like the American car companies are going to go under soon. Like it's just a matter of time. Like they stopped producing cars. Like they're only making trucks and SUVs. Yeah. Now. And many of them, right. Chrysler and Dodge are in big trouble. 
and Honda and Toyota have implemented these manufacturing processes that really work. So when you start a new job and depending on what your role is, like you're going to be going through some sort of infrastructure training. And then if you operate a piece of machinery, somebody's going to teach you how to do that and their standard operating procedures to follow. So it's the same with hiring people for your company as well. And so what you do is what exactly what Kate's talking about. You break down the tasks that need to take place. Now, we're going to do it here. We can also video record these. Like there's screen capture software that allows you to do this as well to teach other people. This is time-consuming stuff. Like to sit down and think of the process, but the time-consuming thing, the let's say it takes an hour to two hours to do all of this, but then you don't never have to do it again. And these are the pieces that people don't want to do. Right. And this is the thing that allows the stress to build up to and that you won't be able to hire good people and you won't get the results that you desire. And I can talk about working with clients about when they're bringing people on because every single one of them, when they're like, well, I just hired this project manager, but I don't feel this is it's like the same. It's the same quote. I can get almost get from it. I just hired this project manager, but I don't know if she's doing she's not doing what I told what needs to be done. And I'm like, well, (laughs) okay, let's back up. What are you actually and it's lines of communication, right? So what happens is like, they, they just like, I want to launch this program. And then it's like, peace out. But like, you've been running a, so for instance, like us, let's just take us. Like if we've been operating a system for nine years, one way, and we bring somebody else on to help them with a project, we're like, just get the podcast to the public. And they're going to be like, okay. So it's training, right? This is teaching and training. So back to the podcast example, like Kate talked about. Number one, before we even record it, we come up with a topic. And before we even come up with a topic, we're looking at a, now, we'll talk about what we do now, is we're looking at the layout of what the next, like, let's say three months looks like. And how the podcast fits into our overall promotional calendar or themes. Like, we are really looking as a company now at our entire year and what promotions do we have coming up you know, what's happening for our customers during different seasons, what's going to be most relevant to them. So there's a lot more that goes into editorial planning. And we could do a whole episode on editorial planning, because that's like a topic that I love to talk about. Mm -hmm. And actually, I will be covering editorial planning and how we come up with our topics for podcasts, blogs, Facebook lives, content, all of that for our upcoming program that's coming in the fall called the Ultimate Online Business Playbook. And you can get on the wait list at katenorthup.com forward slash playbook. But we really look at the editorial planning comes first. So mm-hmm. we don't just, it used to be that we, you know, we refine over time, right? It used to be that Mike and I would get, have a podcast recording scheduled, a standing date in the calendar, and we would sit down and say, okay, great. What do you want to talk about? And we yeah. would just make it up. And that actually was fine. That yeah. worked. But then, you know, we up our game as we go. And so I think this is, are we in the second or third year of recording the podcast? Uh, I believe the third or the second full year okay. is in September. All we right. started, right? We started at September. I think we're, we're coming in on the second year of the podcast. And so we're upping our game. So first of all, editorial planning. Second of all, the date has to go in the calendar where Mike and I are recording the podcast because we have to get ourselves organized and get childcare. Not yet for Ruby. She's been in on the last couple of podcast recordings, but at least for Penelope. And then next up, we record. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a pre-planning conversation that happens before the episode, depending on what the episode is. And sometimes there's not. If there's a guest, that's a whole other protocol. If there's a guest, then we have to email them and set up a time and we have to CC Haley so that she can be in on the podcast guest stuff because Haley does some of the behind the scenes. And then we need to get a Zoom link 
to the podcast guest, which is actually something I do, which I would like to get off my plate because that's not a good use of my time. But we have to get a Zoom link to them to get that in so that they can come on. And then we have to book the time. So it's like a little bit more complicated with a guest. And then with a guest, of course, there's research that goes into it ahead of time. So Mike and I have to sit down, read some of their blogs, check out their Instagram feed, read their book if that's relevant, watch some videos, listen to some other podcasts. So, you know, depending on how well we know this person, there's also research. So having a guest on is more complicated for us than having just the two of us, but we love having guests, so we do it anyway. Then we sit down and record, which is what's the step that's happening now. And after that step, I don't actually know what happens. So <laughs> so then I take the recording and then I upload it to Dropbox and then Matt pulls the audio file and then he edits the podcast and he adds in the intro and the exit based off what's happening at that time. In the promotional calendar. In the promotion, yeah, so it's labeled for him. And then you write the description and the title, I think. I don't. Actually. Oh, you don't. Write so it here, this is really cool. This so, is a great example that you don't have to know every single thing that happens in your business over time. This is a, this is called letting go of control because yeah. Mike and I actually don't know the whole thing. So then a title and description. I write is, the title okay, and I the, put it in the spreadsheet. Okay. So the title and description is, or the title, Kate writes the title. So then Matt pulls all the notes from the podcast out and then somebody edits it up. I believe that Julia makes it sound edits. better to makes it sound a little bit better, think, more like Kate's writing. I think Julia, so she doesn't yeah. actually write the descriptions, but I think they are Alicia or Haley writes the description. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But then somebody edits the description that goes on katenorthrop.com forward slash podcast. And then there's graphics that are made with that. So Joe takes care of the graphics and then Haley takes all the graphics and emails it to Kate and myself so it's a podcast so, it's a it's an instagram story graphic and then it's also quotes and now we've just added these little audio clip video thingies so mm-hmm. those are the graphics that are created yep and mm-hmm. Haley also emails us special tracking links so that when we post them on social media we kind of can look at the analytics better so there's yep. a podcast story link and then also a instagram feed link mm-hmm so that's a lot of steps. And you then we post about them. But basically... Which sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. But I always post about yeah, them. Yeah, lately I haven't been good at that at all. I have to get back on the... I don't have to do anything, actually. Besides take care of our family. That's really... It's weird. okay. I'm posting them. That's Yes. Good. And I, I will. I've just been a little... <laughs> and I've, I'm pretty dialed in with it, so don't worry about it. I took all the time off from social media after the baby was born. And honestly, it's like... It's really an interesting thing to even trying to get back on. You don't have to do it. I know that, but it's really interesting. The whole taking six weeks. I was six weeks off, six to six weeks off Instagram. And I was like, it's really interesting to not like, it's not controlling my life anymore where I thought before there was an element of the life control that happens when it, with all that. So that's side note. No, but it's for that is just creating the structure, just like what we're talking about now of how I actually want to interact with the world uh, via the social media platforms. So that is the layout of the podcast. But before, when Kate and I started the podcast, it was basically like, there needs to be an episode that goes out tomorrow. Let's just say on Tuesday. So we'll sit down Monday night, sometimes Tuesday morning, record it. We get it over to Maddie, edits it. He was doing 24-hour turnarounds for us periodically. And Kate would create the graphics in Keynote, or I would create the graphics, or we had Natasha would create the graphics. And then basically we would publish it. Like there was, and Matt We would, had it, no, we had a graphic template and our yes. VA would change the title would just change the title so yep. we just it was streamlined want you to know it doesn't have to be all the steps we just told you no 
And it's about like, if you're editing your own podcast, that's different. If you like from graphic standpoint, if that overwhelms you, there's companies like 99 designs or design pickle, or you could just hire a part-time designer. If you're part of B school, you just ask in the B school community, you know? So, okay. So now, I, so that's how we define like what a role could be or what somebody could do. Right. And so we break it out from there. And then we, ideally, I don't know if we actually have this, but ideally we would have a standard operating procedure we used to, I don't know if it's for the complications that we just explained it to you, standard operating procedure where someone could come in to right now and be totally have no idea what's going on and follow. And then the end result is to get a published podcast on Tuesdays. So they would basically walk through the steps and it would be laid out for them to be able to do that. That's the ideal scenario. So it helps us create VAs and or bring other people on your team. And then that way, when you're hiring new people, you could just say, here's what you need to do. And then they can go and do it. And then you know whether or not it's like, if they can do the work, just following the instructions that you've just laid out for them. Now I want to move into like, talk about hiring people and going through that process. And then also like letting people know when it's time to move on. So our business is very project-based business, right? This is kind of what we, it's like there's a project, right? It's publishing a podcast or we have a launch or we have a program that's coming up. It's not in the world of, I gave the example of manufacturing earlier today where you have to produce a product and it has to get out the door and your machines, like you're relying on these massive pieces of equipment to function properly, right? For us, that is not how the business works. I'm so works. glad we're not in the manufacturing business. Well, we might one day, you know, it's a I long life. That sounds Who hard. knows? But you'll just be producing. I guess I wouldn't be, be like working the equipment, so I guess we it never, would be okay. Right. We never know what's gonna what our life is gonna bring upon us. I am not the one that like I don't want to shut the door on anything. Like I always keep. You never know. I'm what's grateful happen. today that we're not manufacturing physical products. Oh, for sure. But your role would be creating content and doing those things that you said earlier that you want to do. So that's even if it gets into that whatever. I would we get up, into designing mugs. I could yeah. really get into the mug game. Okay, we should look at the mug game. Okay. I like the mug game. So when it comes to hiring people, like you find out what your need is. We talked about that earlier. Kate said making a list is a fantastic idea of things that stresses you out or things that you know you don't want to be doing in the future. And then you go about finding that. So where do you go? Like James Wedmore has a great podcast on Mind Your Business. He's done a couple episodes on online PH. No, onlinejobs.ph. So it's hiring people from the Philippines. That can help you from a VA standpoint or graphic designers and or VA web developers. VA stands for virtual assistant virtual for those assistant. who might not know. There's virtual assistant companies. Like I know Chris Ducker has a great organization that's out of the Philippines as well that you can pay to kind of do headhunting. There's also, if you're part of the B-School group, you can find B-Schoolers in your countries or in, you know, if you're in the United States, in the United States, if you're, if you're part in of Canada, origin. if you're part of origin, that's, there's people in there as well that do work. So there's a lot of online resources. If you have a, a company that like ZipRecruiter, I've been hearing is like going crazy. That's on, they're paying all the podcast sponsors right now. I have no idea. They do. I think it was like monster. Was it monster jobs or monster.com was monster. a big one for a, while. Was a, for a long time. I don't think, I don't know if it still exists or what that's working like. You can use LinkedIn. I know you, that's a, that's people use that a lot. Our buddy just got, our friend, our neighbor just actually got recruited off LinkedIn and just took a new position last week. Referrals, that's a big one in your local area. Just start asking around, ask everybody you know, say, I'm looking for a graphic designer. If you're looking for certain people, I literally start asking, especially if I want it to be local, everybody would come in contact with. I'm like, hey, you got a good accountant? You got a good graphic designer? You got this, this, and this? So you just, there's, there's an endless amount of 
areas to start looking for people. Fiverr.com, you can hire certain smaller projects. If you have an online business already and you have people on your social media, in your social media community and on your email list, you can also hire from within your community. We did that for our recent customer care position. We hired right from our own community and it was wonderful because we knew this particular person was going to be in alignment with our view and our philosophy and it made her a really great customer care representative yeah so you can also do that you'll see it like marie forleo has hired through her instagram stories we see that a lot like you just you know make up a graphic that says we're hiring and but you have to be really clear on the job description yep yeah because now it's not about finding these folks it's about getting very detailed in what you actually want them to do so that's what i mentioned earlier about when i'm working with my clients and they're like i just hired a project manager and they're like save me help me you know it's like run my business for me and it's just like no you have to get very detailed on what you want that person to do so it's making a list of like here's the three items maybe it's 10 right maybe you want them to eventually do 10 but you have to start small like it's not possible to bring somebody on and say, I want you to run my company. Like that is way overwhelming and that is exhausting, right? So it's like me telling Kate in a personal relationship, I want you to be my savior for everything. So oh, can, thank you, you. can you please do that? No, it's like, that's not possible, right? So you have to make sure that you're giving very detailed instructions for what you want that person to do. So if it's the podcast that we just mentioned earlier, It's saying like, okay, I'm going to upload this podcast and I would like you to edit it. And then I would like you to create a graphic with it. And then I would like you to publish it to Libsyn and then um, just make sure it's live on the blog by next Tuesday. Like it's very step-by-step what you want the end result to be. So when you're bringing people on is I like to say at least interview at least three people, you know, a minimum of, even if you know the first one you were like, you're like, yeah, this is who it's going to be. But just to keep having that conversation. I know when we did our household manager, I think we interviewed five or six people. Mm -hmm. And then we chose the one that is working with us now. But that way is also beneficial because like, let's say the first one doesn't work out. And now you got some backup that possibly these people. So let's take our household manager, for instance, and our nanny to say, okay, well, we rank them in who we thought was the best for us. And then we said two or three. So if one doesn't work out, then we have two backups. So it's also good for, like, we've been searching for a new accountant. We interviewed two new accountants, and we knew both of them were great, but we we liked another one for multiple reasons. So we went with that person. If it doesn't work out, we have a backup down the line that could be very beneficial. And it will, like, the hiring process, here's the thing. If you are slow to hire, you will get a better candidate. So it feels like, oh my God, I'm running around with my hair on fire. I need help right now. I'll just hire the first person who comes along who seems like vaguely capable. That's what I did before yes. before Mike came along. And, and we've done that in the past few and years And we have. We've, we've hired too quickly. We haven't been clear enough on our training or our job descriptions. We haven't slowed down enough to put the standard operating procedures in place. And then it ends up not working out. And then it's like months of wasted time instead of putting in a few hours of interviewing and slowing down to write the good job description and maybe giving them some test tasks and 
laying out the standard operating procedures so that somebody can come in off the street and learn how to do something. So it's hard as an entrepreneur to slow down enough to do the hiring process well. I'll just speak from personal experience because I want to like move it right along, like get on the bus, we're leaving. But if you do it that way, you will get burned and you will hire people and then you'll have to fire them and you'll go through there will be a lot of mistakes and it will end up wasting time, even though it feels really hard in the moment to slow your roll and be meticulous. Mm -hmm. But the hiring process is the time when you want to be meticulous about the job description, about what the tasks are, about the standard operating procedures and about the training and about the interviewing so that you have gone through every piece of that with a fine tooth comb so that when you have somebody on board, you're actually ready to roll instead of having to go back and repeat the whole thing over again. Correct. Yeah, it's big. And then, yeah, so then you decide, as Kate said, like test projects are fantastic because then you start to see, and if you're hiring, if you're interviewing three people, you give them all the exact same task. You just give them one task to figure out. And I know Matt Mullenweg, who, hi, Ruby. And Matt Mullenweg, who is the founder of WordPress, he gives, like, if he's hiring a new developer, he'll give the developers the same task to try to complete and fix and get it finished. And then he looks at, like, their work, and he also looks at the speed that they were able to get it done. And then then there might be an assignment that's number two. Right. So then you might, as if you find like, let's say you hire, you're interviewed five people and you've narrowed it down to three, then you might give them a bonus, like task number two, and you can work through it. But the, the, but test tasks are fantastic. Even in your job descriptions is the way to weed people out right off the bat, you know, in your job description in the bottom, like, it's always great that it's in the bottom to say, give them an assignment in the actual description, because if they don't follow the assignment in the description, then they're out because they didn't fully read so, what you So it could be to like call as an example. It could be, you know, to apply, leave a voice message at this number between the hours of, you know, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m. with the following information. Yes. And if they can't follow that, you're not hiring them. It could even be something as simple as like in your subject line, respond with what is nine times three. Something that sounds ridiculous, right? But people will not. It's 27. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) But like people won't do it. And then so, you know, if they put 27 in the subject line, then they're in They're They're a viable candidate. But you're going to get 12 responses that don't follow the instructions. When we were hiring our old our old house, but looking for a nanny, we had you made like five appointments and four people didn't show up. It was unfreaking. You know, like people just don't show up. So. Um, yeah, that's number one. If you don't show up to the interview, you're not getting hired. If you don't show up and you're not but on time. But I could tell a lot like by texting back and forth with this one woman. She said, she said, and this was through care.com. We have not had the greatest success through care.com. I'm not, this is not a bash of care.com, but I'm just saying like it was when we went to hire uh, a nanny this next time, we actually used a nanny agency in Portland because even just the process of using care.com. I found was a waste of my time. Like I really wanted to actually pay a nanny company to have pre-vetted the candidates. So, but with this one, I'm texting with this one candidate and she says, is it okay if I bring a friend because I want to make sure I I haven't driven in this area before and I want to make sure that I can find it okay and I don't have GPS, like something, something, something. And part of the job description was that this person would be running errands. So I was like, 
no, this is not going to be a job for you if you need to bring a friend to even find the interview. You can't like also bring a friend to find the dry cleaner and also bring like it was just yep. like, whoa. If, if the relationship starts off with drama, there's going to be tons of drama. Yeah. And I remember my buddy, I, we were having lunch and he had this client that he was negotiating a new contract with them moving forward. And it's just been like massive drama for the whole time, you know, the whole relationship. And I just told him we're sitting there at lunch and I go, dude, you don't have to work with these people. Like, I think it was like a $70,000 contract or something for his company and his promotions. And I was like, you can find somebody else that'll give you a hundred thousand dollars and create very little headaches. You know, like you don't actually have to work with these people. And so, and because they are a lower end client and they provide 80% of their headaches and problems, you know, just this one client. So it's going to be the same when you work with people as employees and it's going to be, so as then you decide to, to say, okay, I'm going to move forward with this person. Right. So then you find somebody to move forward. What kind of things do you ask during the interview process? Can you tell me that? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That's the thing. Like it's awkward because it just, you can just, if you really have no idea, like I really don't go in with very many questions. I like to hear their work history. I like to see what they enjoyed about their previous career, what they didn't enjoy, which is a fascinating question because very few people can't answer that. They're like, oh, I didn't, I don't know what I didn't like. I'm like, you actually know what you didn't like. So it's like, you're why did you leave your, if you're still working with somebody, why are you looking for somebody else? Why did you leave the corp the other jobs that you've had? What if, what do you would like to do? What, like, what's your future look like? Do you want to be a graphic designer the rest of your life? Do you have bigger goals for what you're actually doing? So getting a feel for like, like if I have a graphic designer that comes in and it's like, no, I really want to create a, a spa. You know, I want to open a spa online. I'm like, okay, this is a short term person that could be now opening a spa is complicated, right? That's not going to be happening. Like the person's not going to start today and then open a spa tomorrow. So I know there's like a, a limit down like three years down the line that this person might be able to move on. So, which is good because now we're hiring people that's much more of a long-term hire. And what I also noticed working with freelancers, they don't give you, the more and more I'm diving into this is that freelancers like the idea of the freelance world, a lot of them, right? But what people really want is they want security. So eventually, freelancers would might take like a full-time position with somebody in a more of a full-time role. And so I'm always open to that as well. Like, would you be open if, if the career, like if we started really growing, would you be open to working more full-time with us? You know, these are questions that I ask right now. That's not a possibility, but like, let's say down the line, is that something to really get a hit? Or is it somebody that really likes their freedom of, you know, having three or four or five clients, because what's going to happen is they're going to start working with us and realize like we're dope. Right. <laughs> and like, we're the best and we want to work with you more. Right. And so your business, you should look at that the same way. Like, are you causing headaches for your employees? So the biggest thing when it comes to the employees, bringing them on there. So that's just some interview questions. You can Google like interview questions. We've done that a few times. But those are great examples. Yeah, those are great. And so I like to also think of creative thinking, like giving people problems at the table to get solutions, right? I just, Lisa was like, asked me the other day, like, what's your IQ? And I was like, I don't know what my, I have no idea. So I went and took like a 20 question IQ test and it came up for those of you that are interested. I don't really know this one thing. It was like 127. And I don't know if that's good. They said it was like average or something. I don't know. So it was interesting just getting those numbers. And I'm like, okay, well, that's, we also do personality profile testing. We have people take the Enneagram profiles. 
we get very clear because we've hired, I think the four people in a row that we brought on were all considered like leaders, let's say. And if we have an entire business of leaders, that's like, oh boy, that can be a little headachey, right? Because everybody's trying to lead the show. And when you're running a company where you have somewhat like people in charge, that can be a little more complicated. So you don't necessarily want a whole team of leaders, right? So for your organizations, figuring out what do you actually need on it? We do your love languages. Love languages is good. Because we like to know somebody's, especially once they've been hired, the love languages one is key because we want to know how they feel loved and we want to appreciate them in that way because it is false. It's a, it's a myth that people always want to be rewarded financially. Right. Um, people will stay if they feel appreciated, but you have to know what their love language is so that you can appreciate them in the right way. And actually almost everybody on our team, their number one love language is words of affirmation. We have a lot of loving on people verbally in our company because it helps them feel appreciated and it works. Yeah. So hi, Ruby, you have a monster head. Like I just gave Ruby, you have a big head. She has over a hundredth percentile head. Yeah. I'll have, you know, it's just, I'm just looking at it and being like, it's I'm still, still recovering from that. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> so now the, and then it goes into now they're working with you. Okay. So you decided to move forward with them because I mean, interview questions, you can just make it up, you know, it's make it what feels fun to you. But then you want to make sure when you're hiring folks that you're not going to hire yourself either, because for depending on the roles, right? If you're hiring a, if you're a stunt devil, like, and you work for the rock, right? You want to make sure the guy looks like the rock, but like, if you're running a business and you need somebody to be a VA, you don't want to be basically hire yourself. And we've made that mistake a few times. Yeah, we've made, I've in particular made the mistake of like, oh my God, I love this person. We're so similar. Great. I'll hire them. But the truth is you don't want to hire somebody with similar skill sets as you. You want to hire somebody who has the different skill set right. than you so you can complement each other. So, you know, if you're wanting to replace yourself, that's one thing. But if you're wanting somebody to do the things that you don't want to do and that you're not good at, don't hire somebody like you. Right. So then they're working with you and I tell everybody that comes on board is we'll do like a really a 90 day test run. You know, it's like, and then this is standard in most companies. Like this isn't, you know, if you've ever worked a job, like a lot of this stuff comes standard and there's reasons that it's standard. Now there's different rules across state lines, like depending on unions, et cetera, whatever your company may be. But like for us, we don't have a union. There's not a union VAs organization that's starting up anytime soon. And that's going to, you know, be in charge of all the VAs of the world. But basically, because we're a project-based company, it's very easy to see if somebody's getting their work done or not. And if they're not, if they are, that's fantastic. And then you always, as it's going, as that is progressing, that relationship. So let's talk about if it's working well, right? And we like to do reviews like once a quarter where just to check in, you know, it's like checking in with everybody to see how are things going in the first three months. And we ask them, like send out a questionnaire just like, what are you enjoying about working here? What are you not enjoying? What do you think? It's just getting a feel for where they actually are. And those questions change as they work a little bit longer. And then at the year, like we're doing yearly reviews right now for the folks that are working with them on a more full-time basis. And so we're just talk chatting with our employees and just, it's really looking at, you know, and then as a company standpoint, I'm looking at the whole package. I'm looking at their pay. I'm looking at the performance. We're looking at what vacation looks like. We're looking at incentives. For instance, like we have a policy where they get their birthday off. 
right? And so like if it's their birthday, they get it off because I always thought it was dumb that like I had to come to work on my birthday. We give them, the company shuts down for two weeks of vacation and because we're flexible, then we can give them a little bit more, right? So it's, and then looking at like sometimes if there's a healthcare or there's retirement, like some companies that is an offer that they have. And then, so you're always factoring what those are going to be, but that's also, so as they're going through that process and that's going really well, like, and their role is when you're bringing someone on, something in your life should become easier. Either there's more money that's made and there's more revenue that's brought into your business or you get more time back, right? So for instance, like let's take the household manager on a personal example. Like because she's working with us and let's say she's doing meal prep in our laundry, that's not actually, she's not doing any revenue generating activities directly, right? But she's freeing up time. And time to me is the most valuable asset that we have. So for that sake, it's creating and it's generating more time for me. And then same thing with Kate which can allow us to focus on more revenue generating activities. If that's shooting videos or writing copy, you know, that way it's freeing it up. So that's a personal example. And the same thing within your business. I remember I had a conversation with my buddy, Scott, the other day where we were talking about the end of 2017. I said, our revenues increased. Our expenses also went up, but our profit declined a little bit, you know, from the previous, from 2016, 2017. And he said, yeah, but what changed in your life? You know, we were just talking Good about that. Questions, and he's like, how did your life change? And I said, way more like we moved twice. So we had to do that. Kate ended up ended up getting pregnant again. We had Ruby. We didn't just end up getting pregnant again. <laughs> no, Kate, Kate was pregnant again. We decided to have another child. We, yeah. So we decided to have another child. And then Kate got knocked up. Kate got that... knocked up. <laughs> oh, but like, and so that allowed us, because of that, that allowed Kate to maybe take a little bit more time off. That allowed me to help out a little bit more. I got to write a book. She got to write a book. So it's like it freed up our time standpoint. So, and it's not necessarily about like, okay, our business is collapsing because our profit declined over the year. That's not what that is. That conversation is about. That conversation is about more of like, what did those hires allow and how did that change the structure of the business? It also took a lot of things off my plate. It took things off Kate's plate. It took things off Lisa's plate. And then it, we got specialty. Like we brought people in that specialized in these different areas. So as things are going good, you can really offer and offer it up and you might have to bring somebody on full time sooner than you would like. Like I think every single time that we've brought someone on, on a more full-time role, it was like a little bit of a stretch for us for sure. Every like, time we've hired every time. somebody, it's a little bit of a stretch. Every single time. Yep. Because when we brought Licia on, it was a little bit of a stretch. It was stretched financially. It was stretched like, oh, can we do this? But then as we've brought more people on, the company has also grown, et cetera, which has been very profitable. So, and you just, there's no set stand, like there's no set standard for us to figure these things out. Like when you go work at a job, like your salary's 50 grand, let's say there's no, like people just make it up. Like that's the company just has some sort of algorithm, like ask your boss how they determine you make $50,000. They're not going to be able to answer it. It's going to be determined by payroll, what the norm is in the world or whatever that may be. And these are the perks and the benefits that you get as an employee working for us, right? So it's the same thing when you're running your own company. Like you can kind of just make things up. Like I listened to a, I've listened in the past to a lot of podcasts about how, let's say 37 Signals, the base camp, it's now just basically base camp, how they have a lot of perks for their employees and what their philosophy was around it. For us, we like freedom 
And we want the people that work with us to be able to value that as well. We have a flexible schedule and we want to, we know whether or not projects are getting completed. So let's go to the, so that's about having people who are getting things done that are working out great for you. What happens if they're not working out great for you? You'll know it. <laughs> yeah. And you'll it's know obvious. it sooner than you want to know it. Yes. And it's really important. I would say that we have kept people too long past the time that we knew it wasn't working out. And in the grand scheme of things, it's fine. Like, mm -hmm. it's okay. But that quick to fire, slow to hire is really true. Right. And a lot of that ran into our life. Like, it was life circumstances of where Kate and I were at that moment in time. It was where our business was. Like, in those situations, that happens. And sometimes you might have to keep somebody on a little bit longer. Because yeah, we just like, didn't have the bandwidth. Yeah, there was. It was like it was factors in our right life. Then. But you, but it's hundred. What Kate said is a hundred percent correct. You you will know it sooner than you really want to know it. And then it's about just letting them go. And this is not an easy process. I don't know if there's besides Donald Trump, because he he had lacks of empathy for anyone. Like if you have to lack empathy for any human beings that exist, right? that it's like letting someone go from your organization is easy, right? Cause it's not like firing people, breaking up, like ending relationships, personal relationships, ending friendships, whatever that may be is not necessarily an easy task to do. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's enjoyable and letting people go. I've let quite a few people go. I've been let go from a company. I've had to walk employees out at Philip Morris on their last day of work, like quite a few of them. On my podcast, I interviewed Janet Anderson, who was my boss at Philip Morris at the Project Life with Mike Watts a while ago. And it was one of, I got some feedback. It was the best interview that I've ever done because it was just a great conversation. And she talked about shutting down uh, Philip Morris, shutting down our plant in North Carolina. And I've had to walk people out the door on their last day of work. And these people, this was before I was married or had kids or anything. And like these people had families at home. And like, what would did that cause for them? Like how stressful that was. And I watched that take place. And I've, I've had to let people go from our business that we're currently running now. And it's just a decision that you just be like, this is not working out for us anymore. You know, and it, this is not taking us in the direction that we want to go. You know, even locally, we've moved on from accountants changed bookkeepers previously because like things weren't working and as much as, and we're always willing to work with somebody. Like if they have life circumstances that are taking place and that's causing, that's affecting work. Like that's it's, as long as they're transparent with us, we're willing to work with someone. And that's the biggest thing with when, when we're, when with our employees, we're trying to be as transparent as possible with them for what we're actually doing in the world, you know, and like even our business, we talk about stuff that most people won't share, but it's, we try to be transparent because we want that in return. And if they have life circumstances going on or they came down with like an illness or their grandmother died or whatever happened, we're willing to be flexible with that, you know, and to really work with somebody. But if it's all of a sudden that something, let's say their grandmother passed away, but then they disappear for a week, like that's really unacceptable where in the work fails and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going to let you go. And they're like, well, my grandmother died last week. And it's like, why didn't you just tell me, you know, it's like, why are you hiding it? Because this is affecting. And my favorite thing that is total BS is like, this won't affect my work. And it's like, yes, it does. Everything affects our work. Like, life circumstance life just, life affects our there's work. There's a really great quote that Daryl Hannah says in Steel Magnolias and she says 
I promise this will not affect my ability to do good hair. <laughs> I think she's, I can't remember. She's talking about her marriage or something. And she's a hairdresser. It's one of my favorite lines of all time. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Life circumstances. It's, it's understanding as the leader of your company, like where did these people come from? Like what's their history? What's their background? You don't have to know the ins and outs of the way they, what they grew up, what that, all that stuff was like for them or you know, but somebody that lives in Maine has like a kilo that works with us. She lives in Florida that, you know, in Maine, we have massive snowstorms, Florida, they don't. Right. So, but they have hurricanes. So like, so we have to, you have to be flexible with where people are living. What is going on in <laughs> power their life? Outages. Power our outages. Like you have to be compassionate and flexible with your folks that are on your team because also you don't know what their upbringing was like and what kind of like we talk about triggers between Kate and I on this podcast a lot and what our family upbringings were like. But like if you, we have 11 people, right? We mentioned earlier, it's like this could touch 11 people. Every single one of those 11 people comes with some sort of, I I don't want to say, but it's like life experiences in their life to work with you as an organization. So if I say something like bananas, right? Bananas could mean something to someone else that is not like the fruit, right? There could be a joke around bananas. There could be something that offended somebody around banana. Maybe they, somebody's allergic to bananas, right? There's so many different variables that comes to individuals on the team. And it's just, it's you as a leaders. I mean, myself as our leader of our company is to pay attention to what the feel and the temperature gauge is when I'm talking to people. And it's really, I do so much listening and very little talking. And it's about, because things will come up in people's conversations as they're sharing what's going on that I'm able to pick up to see what's going on with that person. Yeah, so that's what, and that, and then sometimes you have to let people go. And that conversation doesn't have to be complicated. It's just like we're, because of the role of like the structure of our organization, right? They might not be a full-time person, they might be a contractor. And then you just say, look, we're hiring we, we just, we're not, we're not hiring. We're just decided that it's time to move on and we appreciate all the work you've done with us. It's not taking in the direction that we're desiring to go. There you go. Like something as simple as that. So we covered a lot in this episode. I want to just address one last thing, which is very common that I hear. Well, I can't hire anyone. I'm not making enough money to get the things off my plate that I want to get off and I can't make more money because I can't hire somebody to get the things off your plate. So I just have to give you a PSA, which is we just shared there will be a moment of discomfort when you hire your first person probably and maybe when you continue to hire people where you aren't quite sure you can afford it yet, but you know that if you don't make that hire, you'll never be able to afford it. So I just... You can do whatever you want with your finances, but in our experience, there has been a leap every time we've brought somebody on. And I hired my first help when I technically did not have the money to hire them, but I knew if I didn't do it, I would never have the money to hire them. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is entrepreneur mindset versus employee mindset. And, you know, it's scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset, which is there is a moment of stretch and you have to be willing to stretch in order to grow and get a little uncomfortable. And if you're constantly in scarcity mindset and fear around your finances and you're not willing to get that help, you will stay smaller than you could. So that's okay also, by the way, you don't have to hire people. No, I know people who run amazing one-person shows. 
Tim so. Ferriss just did a whole podcast. I didn't listen to it, but I'm going to about very successful solo entrepreneurs yeah. that are like generating millions of dollars or something. Yeah. So yeah. it's possible. It's not Mike in my way because we love having a lifestyle of freedom and we don't want to be working that many hours, especially at this moment in our lives with small children. So our way might not be your way, but we've just shared what our way is. I'd really love to hear any follow-up questions you have. So you can leave them in the comments at katenorthup.com forward slash podcast. Or if you follow either of us on Instagram, you can just comment there on the post where we've shared this episode. And we just would just love to hear any follow-up comments, questions that this has brought up. And again, we're going to be having a much deeper conversation where we're going to give you really a backstage pass to how we run our company behind the scenes in our fall program, Ultimate Online Business Playbook. So you can go to katenorthup.com forward slash playbook. And I'll just leave you with the one last that I didn't really, we didn't really talk about too much, but if you're having a team and struggling with this, number one is that this is the consulting that I actually do with clients. Like you hear me talk about this before, previously, but you can go to mikejwatts.com and just sign up, work with me on the tab there. And we can have a conversation about how I'm able to help you and what you're actually needing to do in your side or your business. But the second thing would be is the communication piece is you have to streamline. There's like no, the number one thing that happens when I'm working with these clients is the communication piece. It's like they have, because of the world that we live in, the internet age, there's Slack, there's Skype, there's every project management system that exists. There's email, there's text messaging. And if those of you that have worked in an environment where it's like, you feel like you can get nothing done because there's emails coming in and people are calling and there's text messages. I remember being out to dinner with my buddy. Remember in California where you're visiting a friend from college. This was early on in our relationship and we're sitting there. It was a Sunday and he had a day off. It was a Sunday night. It was a Sunday after late afternoon. It was like four o'clock or something. And we're sitting there. I watched the phone call come in. I'm like, who's that? And he said, what's my boss? And he put the phone down and then he picked it back up and put the phone down and then he picked it up and he walked away to go take the call because he didn't want to talk to his boss on a Sunday night. And he, in a manufacturing environment, when you're a manager, like that's part of the de- like it's part of the deal because you're running a 24 seven thing. But he had, but it's a choice where it's like you can have your business run where you have to pick the phone up every single minute that calls, or you can actually put the phone down and enjoy that time with the people that you're part of. So that happens through streamlined communication. And as you structure your business, and we've had to clean this up inside of our company because of the chat functions and then like miscommunications and people are missing communication, you know, different platforms. And because you're the leader, as you're the leader of the organization, bringing people on board, you have all the knowledge in your head and you got to get that to people. And especially if you're hiring a project manager, your biggest thing is to take yourself out of the picture and let the project manager do the show and run the show. But that requires proper communication between you and the project manager and then streamlining the communication of your team and your structure. So that is like the last thing I'll talk about when you're, when you're working with employees, because those are massive headaches and people don't know where to go. They don't know where to get it because especially if you're working with freelancers, they are working with probably four or five clients who are all working on different systems. So if you are the cleanest and the simplest and the most streamlined, um, they're going to want to work with you more. Like that's the truth. And so it's like, how do I cut down on my freelancers and how do I work with you more? I remember, I mean, Haley who works with us was working with like four or five people when I first brought her on to help me with my stuff. And then it went down to two clients and then we needed her more and the other person we wooed her we wooed her that was funny she was like well both we yeah and both people were trying to woo Haley, both companies and she ended up choosing us 
to work with on a more full-time basis where she was, and it was cool and she really liked it. And she, her business exploded in six months from when she started it. And then, yeah, now she's working with us on a more full-time basis and now she's taking on more of a project management role. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. Hopefully this was helpful. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet and leave us a review, review. we'd love to hear what you think and share this episode with somebody you know who is moving from being a solopreneur to somebody hiring a team because they'll probably find it helpful. Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.